Welcome to Naked and Raw. Hey everybody, this is Stormy. And this is the Jungle King. This is Naked and Raw, where we take your favorite songs and we break them down to the most naked and raw tracks. We'll dissect and explore some of the best music out there. So join us now as we find the hidden treasures between the tracks on Naked and Raw. Alright, and once again we are back for another rousing edition of Naked and Raw. Now, this is a really great one because this is the very first time we've done our podcast as a remote. We're in different states right now. We've never done this. You've got your studio mic set up and and your and your internet up there in in Utah. In Utah, I'm 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 podcasting from behind the Zion curtain. (laughs) Zion curtain. Can I say that? (laughs) Not on that side of the curtain. You can't. (laughs) On this side, you can say it all you want. (laughs) What part of Utah are you in? I'm in uh, the northern part, just above Salt Lake, just north of Salt Lake City, about okay. 30 or 40 miles. So how far from the Idaho border? Maybe pretty close, right? Uh, maybe two hours, maybe less. Yeah. So you could be in a, you could take a day trip to Idaho Falls or, yeah. Mm, but it would be an awful long day trip. Yeah. Well, you can go to Salt Lake City. I heard they have some City, awesome yeah. sandcastles there. They call them they temples. Awesome <laughs> They're awesome sandcastles. They call them temples. I'm teasing. Beautiful the designs. Temple. Awfully kind it's people. So much, so much has been built up around it. I don't know how hard it can be. I mean, they stand out like every city you drive into that's lit up like Disneyland. It's like, <laughs> I can spot the temple. That's the first thing you see driving into any city. Well, I just meant Salt Lake City itself has grown, and so there's a lot more high rises. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the traffic is insane. The last few times I drove through Salt Lake was crazy. So, and I and we stopped one time, did a little sightseeing. Very cool, beautiful city, beautiful in the winter. But we're here to talk about punk rock tonight. Woo! We're taking the transition. We went from grunge to punk. Now, the band we're featuring tonight. I grew up listening to, and I didn't, in my head, I didn't consider them punk. Like, I, there were punk bands. I was like, oh, yeah, they're definitely punk. But this band, for whatever reason, I never considered punk until I went back as an adult and looked at it and went, oh, yeah, they definitely are. But for whatever reason, I don't know why, in my head, I never thought of them as punk. Did you? What did you, what, what did you think of them as? Uh, well, first of all, we're talking about the, the Clash, if anybody's not sure. Um, I started listening to them around, like, the London Calling, Radio Clash days, you. you know. And uh, and then they got poppier even after that. So to me, they were they were just an English pop rock band. I don't know. You know, I guess the, I, I I just never classified them as punk. But when you listen to them, they're clearly punk. And there's certain things that make punk punk. Uh, driving beats, driving guitars. Um, I don't give a crap attitude. Uh, and yeah. lyrics, just very uh, a lot of anarchy and that kind of stuff. But but some of it's real political, some of it's real pointed, some of it's quite angry, you know. I, I liked that, and the Clash had that for sure, but they also had a beat, and they had a hook, and they had a rhythm, and they had just some things that some of the other bands, I guess, didn't have. So to me, London Calling, uh, Radio Clash, Should I Stay or Should I Go, um, you know, those were all songs that like I could dance to, you know what I mean? And I wouldn't have considered dancing to 
you know, Sex Pistols or the Pogues or some of those groups. Dead Kennedys. Dead Kennedys, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you you, you don't dance to that. You bounce to that, and you get in a mosh pit, and you just sweat on each other and and throw your elbows. (laughs) Yeah. So... Yeah, so the so the song we've selected tonight, you've got some background on. Tell us about it. it came out. Okay, it came out in July '77, and it was from their first album. The name and of it. The name of the song is "Complete Control." Complete and Control. The, um, yeah, that the album is the clash the clash and they had they had one hit before that album came out that that made uh, the charts in the uk and i tried to get the tracks to it and i could not find it um and it definitely when you listen to it is punk but so is this one when you listen to it um so 1977 was the year uh i think i mentioned earlier i was standing in line (laughs) for star wars i was 11 years old (laughs) Um, and I, I totally remember hearing the clash on the radio though. I remember I moved out to this Valley in 1977 and there was a local radio station that actually played album rock and, um, they've since become a Christian radio station local still. Uh, and I worked at the station for a while, but long before I worked, I was a little kid listening to it. And I remember hearing the clash. I remember hearing pink Floyd stuff that I never heard on the radio uh, when I was living in the city for whatever reason, maybe I just wasn't listening to the right station, but but the clash, I mean, just I clicked. I for whatever reason, like this this music's cool, and part of it's because it's raw. There's not a lot going on. There's drums, guitar, and bass, and that's it. Two guitars, right? Or is it just one? Yeah, there's a rhythm. Okay, there's a rhythm guitar, which kind of surprised me. Yeah, and and then when you listen to them, we'll solo them and we'll listen to them. Ain't nothing special going on. <laughs> These guys were not, you know, were not virtuosos, and you listen to the singing, and there it just. It was accessible, you know what I mean. Like for for a kid like me who was just discovering talent, it was like I can do this. I can I can almost sing like that, <laughs> you know. I can almost play guitar like that. All right, let's dive into it. Let's listen to it a little bit. We'll dissect it and then we'll talk some more on the other side. All right, here we go. All right, complete control. All right, so let's solo the vocals first. So there's two people singing here. Okay, let's go back to music. Even when you solo the tracks, you can't really tell what the hell they're saying. Guitar solo. That was it. Let's try it one more time. 
<laughs> it's almost like a drinking song. Like I picture him with like cigarettes and beers. It's true. Oh, here they listen to this deep delay they put on. Oh, wait, there's that one part I was trying to figure out what the heck he was saying here, and it's not listed in any lyrics. So, you you be the judge. Wait a minute, I think it's this section right here. Let's listen to what he says right here. Okay, I hear one thing, but I don't know that that's what he's saying. One more time. <laughs> Sounds like he said, why did you F me? I don't know if that's what he's saying or not. And then this kick drum through the whole thing. Just driving the beat. That's the rhythm guitar, and here's the the lead guitar. Put the bass in too. Ooh, a horrible note. Listen how sloppy this is. Okay. Uh, and that takes it out right there. Um, I, you know, it's everything's so sloppy. The vocals are sloppy. They don't enunciate. Their notes are bad. Their phrasing horrible. Their, the bass was a little cleaner. The guitar was all over the place. The drums are just blap, blap, blap. But you put it all together. It's freaking amazing. It's just, it's it's an attitude. It's like they were selling something, you know, and, and the kids were buying it. Um, well, yeah. They had this protest attitude. This song in particular was written as a um, protest. To, Is that right? Um, to uh, <clears throat> uh, capitalism and right. uh, also what CBS Records, that was their label, was doing to them. They... They didn't feel like they had enough control. I see. Their own art. Now and, uh, they were letting in their people for they were letting in people for free I, for concerts like in the back door. Well, and the other thing was they signed with CBS, and I remember back then hearing like just you know murmurs about well they're not punk they they signed with a commercial label you know that's not punk at all they they sold out and. uh but they were obviously. I mean, they're, they're they were doing everything the punks were doing, and they were you know the music and the crowd and the combat boots and the political messages and the whole thing. Um, but because they were on CBS, a lot of people took offense to that, especially the hardcores. Well, I've got a quote, but it's rather long from Joe Strummer. Go for it. We got all night. Okay. 
<laughs> well, here, here's the thing. You're an hour. Wait, you're an hour later than me, right? So technically, I'm in the future. No, yeah, I'm in your future by an hour. So we got a whole hour to blow if we want. <laughs> We're doing the podcast from the future, ladies and gentlemen. Cool. <laughs> All right, go ahead. He said signing that contract did bother me a lot. I've been turning it over in my mind, but now I've come to terms with it. I've realized that all it boils down to is perhaps two years security. Before, all I could think about was my stomach. Now I feel free to think and free to write down what I'm thinking about. Oh. And look, I've been fucked for about for so long, I'm not going to suddenly turn into Rod Stewart <laughs> just because I get 25 pounds a week. How much too far gone for that, I tell you. Wow. So, okay. So, this uh, clearly this interview was from back in the 70s. Uh, yeah, when, Schumer, March 1977. Right. When, when Rod Stewart was relevant. And that was a very punk thing of him to say. Um, and, yeah, he was thinking about his stomach. He wanted some food. <laughs> you know? I mean, you didn't make a lot of money as a working musician, especially a punk musician back then. Those guys made nothing. Unless they got signed to a label and sold some records. So if CBS comes to you and goes, oh, by the way, we want to sign you here, yes. But that's not a punk attitude, I guess. But cool for them. I mean, it worked out. And, and the cool thing was is that they, they grew up. You know what I mean? Like some punk bands never really grew up much or evolved a whole lot. And a lot of them just faded out. But the clash lasted a while, and then they grew up. Like their music started getting more mature, and and they started exploring styles outside of the the punk thing. They kind of you know incorporated more pop. Like "Should I Stay or Should I Go" was a dance song, you know. "Rock the Casbah," you know, great dance song. I do too. But the beat is just solid all the way through. You can dance to it. You couldn't do that to punk stuff in the early days, you know what I mean? And then they went off and, and Joe and Mick started Big Audio Dynamite. Yeah. I mean, they were the heart behind Clash, and they start Big Audio Dynamite. The singing's the same. It sounds like the same guys, but now all of a sudden it's got more danceable beats and more pop stuff going on. So if you've never checked out Big Audio Dynamite, man, check them out because they're awesome too. Train in Vain is a great Clash song. Um Holy cow, man. I can't even. Uh. Yeah. Well, says so it. Yeah. Big Audio Dynamite has dance music, hip hop, reggae. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. They, they included hip hop. Like, they literally had hip hop beats and rap um, before that was a cool thing to do. You know what I mean? So. That's, that's totally cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a blend of styles. These guys are so clearly like street London, you know? The way that they speak, and it's just so cool. Uh, there's a great show on uh, on satellite radio, and I think it's on terrestrial radio in the afternoons too. It's called Jonesy's Jukebox, and it's it's Steve Jones, yeah, who used to play with the Sex Pistols, and he plays the greatest selection of music, and he does this kind of stuff like we're doing, and some real like B sides, and and the way that he talks though is so Street London, and it's the Clash remind me of that same mush mouth sort of you know, way that they speak. Well, that was a treat. Incorporating wanker into my vocabulary <laughs> more and more because I love to listen to Jonesy. Wanker. I've heard him say that a number of times. That, that guy's a wanker. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a bloke is a wanker. Yeah, yeah, there you go. 
Wankers, the wanker will be our word of the week this week. If you try to incorporate the word wanker into your your vernacular, ladies and gentlemen, give it the best. All right, let's call it quits. Uh, let's. I like the punk thing. Let's stay with it for a little while. What do you think? All right, so we're going to dig some more, and we'll come back to you next week with another punk podcast right here on Naked and...